Well, hello, and welcome to Sips and Sensibility, a podcast where three best friends from college talk about Jane Austen adaptations. This season, we're discussing the one, the only, everyone's favorite, Pride and Prejudice. I'm Julia. I'm Beth. And I'm Lori. Today, we're discussing that web series that started a movement that launched a thousand web series ships, the hysterical Lizzie Bennet Diaries, episodes 51 through 100. So this is part two of this episode. If you haven't listened to the other episode yet, be sure to go back and listen to that first. We do a great summary of what's gone on so far. You can watch this web series for free on YouTube. Please remember to follow us on Instagram at Sips and Sensibility Pod and give us a like on Facebook. Also, please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and now on Spotify as well. It really helps us out and we love to hear your thoughts. But before we get into talking about this web series adaptation, I gotta know, ladies, what you sipping? Well, I'm currently sipping uh, two beverages. One is a delightful and classic Diet Mountain Dew. Um, (laughs) I had to skip my coffee this morning because I ran out like a feral child to (laughs) go (laughs) and get a PlayStation 5. If you are a part of the tech community or aware of anything in the world right now, uh, chip shortage has been ruining everyone's lives and playstations are like rare gold Mm. and there was a restock this morning and i got there two hours before the store opened and i secured the bag ladies and gentlemen i have it in my possession that is dedication i do have to say I don't know that feral children are really staking out Best Buys for PS5s. Um, I just wanted to make that clarification. Oh my goodness! Um, but I, but I am happy for you. I know you've yes. worked hard for this. So I, it it has been a week of attempting to get this thing. Uh, in addition to my Diet Mountain Dew, um, I am drinking, or I guess I should say I'm sipping the. Beauty and Chaos wine. It's a oh. 2019 Pinot Grigio. And we'll, we'll see. I, the label attracted me, and Beautiful and Chaos is also a great tagline. Wow, what a combo. Wine and Mountain Dew. I, yeah, I don't think it's necessarily what I would <laughs> do. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> what I would mount and do, if you will. But, you know, you do Mountain do you, Lori? Thanks, Jules. <laughs> Incredible. Um, well, I'm sipping on a latte that my husband made for me with oat milk and vanilla and lavender. Aww. It's very delightful. Um, I've had a hard week. <laughs> you definitely have. You could say it's been challenging. I fell down some stairs at work this week and I am now in a cast. And using crutches. And it sucks. So sad. Our baby Beth. Yeah. I had no idea it was this hard to like have a leg cast, but it really is. It sucks so much. So I'm okay. It's my ankles swelled up to the size of like a 
a small tennis ball, but you know, I am healing, not going to be in a crutch for too long. So they're not going to be in cast for too long, but it's really just more inconvenient than anything else. You guys should send me a picture of your signature on Instagram to our DMs so I can print them off and glue them onto Beth's cast. <laughs> yes. Yes, please virtually <laughs> sign my cast. Oh, gosh. So I am sipping on another one of my twining sampler teas today. It is the Pure Roibus Red Tea. Mm. I went with that this morning. Um, you know, they're supposed to have really great natural health benefits so i thought you know why not it's allergy season the pollen count where i live is incredibly high so why not do everything i can to set myself up for success <laughs> um so that's what i'm sipping on today i'll let y'all know how that is i i have uh, had a crazy week nowhere near as crazy as beth's um but it is uh, a very busy time in grad school right now. I have lots of projects, lots of creative projects. I actually um, went with my husband and Beth's husband last night. Beth would have joined us had it not been for her late cast. Sad. 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 So sad. Um, but I was filming a creative project for my Shakespeare and the Teenage Girl class. And um, so we had some fun doing that last night. Always love getting to perform. And just an update for everyone. I have finally seen the Romeo and Juliet film with Leonardo DiCaprio, Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes, directed by Baz Luhrmann. I had never seen it before, which was shocking to my professor and many of my friends. So everyone, I have seen it. That's all. <laughs> well, when Ben was talking about how you guys had to watch that one for class, he was saying, of course, that he's seen it a mm -hmm. ton of times. And I was saying, oh, well, Julia was saying she had to watch it. And then I just had this moment in my brain where I remembered, it like clicked, and I remembered that you hadn't seen mm -hmm. Romeo plus Juliet, which is just, yeah, so shocking. I know. Yeah, it's weird. My teacher was like, Julia, how have you not seen it? Because as everyone knows, I love Shakespeare adaptations and Romeo and Juliet specifically. Um, but in when I read the play in high school, my high school watched the uh, iconic 1960s Romeo and Juliet that has the Zac Efron lookalike in it. Um, and then I heard about the Baz Luhrmann Romeo plus Juliet, tried to watch it on my own. Um, but the initial scene where everyone's wearing Hawaiian t-shirts and shooting at each other at a gas station, iconic. really honestly did not sit well with me uh high school julia said absolutely not and it just kind of like left a bad taste in my mouth for it but i will say now that i sat and watched all of it i absolutely loved it um so i am now a fan thank god because leonardo man he did good it's insane in that movie he and paul rudd uh, paul rudd is paris in the film and I completely forgot that. Leonardo DiCaprio looks younger than Paul Rudd, which is so weird to me because right now I think of Paul Rudd as being significantly younger in my mind than Leo DiCaprio. So it was really weird <laughs> to see them as like closer in age and Leo looking younger. That's because Paul Rudd has never aged. So, No, as we've talked about when we discussed the famous <laughs> Clueless, Paul yeah. Rudd never ages. Does not He's age. immortal. Well, uh, I know we've already talked about the first half of the season, but why don't you guys tell me a little bit how you felt of the second half, episodes 51 through 100 of the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. 
oh, it got juicy. It got <laughs> juicy. There was drama. And then it all, I wouldn't say gets tied up in like a pretty bow, but like the ending of it just makes you like feel so like warm and cozy inside. Mm. And I think they took the, um, I think they took the changes that they did make and tied those up very well at the end to make it more believable in the 21st Mm -hmm. century. Yeah, I feel like a lot of modern adaptations will make some of the smaller changes well, like, oh, what career does Lizzie have? Like those things all make sense. But then when it comes to translating like Lydia and Wickham running away and like uh, Charlotte and Collins getting married and things like that, um, they don't do those as well and not as believably at least. And I felt like the Lizzie Bennet Diaries to the last moment changes those like transforms those specific plot lines in a really believable and very cool way Mm -hmm. um, that totally still makes sense in a modern plot line but gives you the same emotional effect and I love 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 a lot of the character arcs that we have in the second half of the season that's one of my favorite things about the second half is all of those like character developments oh yeah Yeah, one of my favorite things is that this series empowers its female characters to make Mm. their own choices, even if, you know, it may feel like to a book purist that it's going against what it's supposed to. They just did such, in my opinion, like such an unbelievably incredible job of wrapping it all up in a way that made sense, Mm. that stuck to the spirit of the book, that still gave you that like satisfying ending that you were like longing for, um, it's really beautiful. And I think that some of the things that they change, like, you know, Lydia and Wickham don't end up together like they do in the book, but Mm -hmm. that story arc still has like the same effect and the same consequences. And it still makes a lot of sense, but it makes way more sense for a modern audience. And like Mm -hmm. Jane and Lizzie, they choose things for themselves instead of being like so consumed with um, like a desire, a desire for a man those are some of the things that I really really loved about the way they handled the season and it's just so fun like it is such a fun show and especially the second half like when you finally get to meet Darcy and you meet Fitz and Gigi some of those like extra side characters um it makes the show like come to life and all the characters are so well-rounded and fun yeah I love 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 that they didn't forget about Fitz or Fitzwilliam Darcy. I love because, Fitz. Yes, Fitzwilliam Darcy is such a fun part to me of the books. And so many adaptations forget about him. And we always mention, you know, oh, this adaptation doesn't have Kitty or Mary or whatever. But like hardly any of them include Fitz, even some of the period pieces. And he's just such a like a fun and pivotal character to me. Um, and I, yeah, I really loved him in this adaptation as well. All right, so as we've mentioned on this episode, we're going to be talking about The Lizzie Bennet Diaries, episodes 51 through 100. Ah, So good. So good. So many things to say. Um, But let's talk a little bit about what happens, shall we? Please. Yes, I would love to. So the last time we saw Lizzie, she had just said goodbye to Charlotte, Jane, and Wickham. Honestly, devastating. She was very sad and lonely. And honestly, it was like she didn't even care that she had Lydia still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this of uh, this half of the season starts um, with an invitation to visit Charlotte 
at Collins and Collins, the new company that she's working for. We get to meet a lot of new characters and we see several new faces in these episodes. Um, we meet Fitz or Fitzwilliam, as we were discussing previously. Um, he's friends with Darcy and he also works at the company. He has very good things to say about Darcy to Lizzie, which kind of like throws her off and confuses her a little. He also, of course, is the one that informs her that Darcy has broken up Jane and Bing's relationship. Dun, dun, dun. Honestly, I get sometimes get a little bit irritated with Fitz. Like, my bro, how have you not put the pieces together? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, Lizzie meets Lady Catherine and her dog, Anniekins. <laughs> so her daughter has become a dog, which I think is just hilarious. I also just wanted to mention that Lizzie's costume portrayal voice of Lady Catherine is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. So incredible. Um, Charlotte is like thriving in her role at the company and we kind of see that she doesn't let like Collins boss her around. Um, I read something that said that Collins may be the head of the company, but Charlotte is the neck, <laughs> which I love and is kind of like similar to their marriage in the books. Mm, snaps. Um, and then, gosh, the moment we've all been waiting for, we finally see Darcy on screen. The big uh, reveal. Yeah, big reveal. He's visiting Collins and Collins since his aunt is an investor. And lo and behold, he confesses his love to Lizzie and, of course, manages to insult her at the same time and insults her family, just like he does in the book. After Lizzie rejects him, he writes her a letter, a handwritten letter, explaining everything, and he tells her that he watched her videos and found them illuminating. Also, I just absolutely love that she pulls out the letter. It's, you know, in like semi-normal envelope and that she's like, oh my gosh, is this letter handwritten and wax sealed in cursive? <laughs> I just like absolutely love that. I think it's so funny. A very nice touch and like mm -hmm. call back to the book. Absolutely. Um, Freaking Caroline. Caroline Lee shows Ugh. up shortly after. Boo. And Charlotte and Lizzie just like totally call her out on her behavior. I, I kind of love this episode. Honestly, an amazing addition. Um, they like talk about how she betrayed Jane and how she's like two-faced and, and stuff like that. Um, and then Lizzie and Charlotte, they head home for the holidays. We find out that Jane has not heard anything from Bing in L.A. And we spend a lot of time with Lydia because she takes over Lizzie's vlog for a little bit. And then her and Lizzie celebrate Lydia's birthday. Of course, a big rift happens between the sisters when Lizzie gives Lydia a book for her birthday called Where Did I Park My Car? A Party Girl's Guide to Becoming a Successful Adult. Yikes. Great intentions. Seriously. Bad way to do it. Yep. Uh, Lydia is obviously really hurt by how little Lizzie thinks of her. And shortly after... For New Year's Eve, Lydia heads off to Vegas. No, no. Um, so this is like kind of a, like a new shift is happening like around this time. So Lydia has gone off to Vegas and then Lizzie announces that she's going off to shadow at a company called Pimberly Digital, which she realizes like on screen is Darcy's <laughs> company. So yeah, that's the company where Darcy is the CEO. And I really love these episodes. They're so fun. Um, so she meets Gigi and she ends up spending a lot of time with Darcy. Um, they get to be close and like maybe even kind of friends. 
he shows up a lot. He participates in costume theater, amongst other things. We absolutely love a man in costume. Enemies to lovers. Let's hear it. Yes. <laughs> My favorite. Um, Bing Lee even pops in for a visit and asks about the family, but mainly asks about Jane. And Lizzie kind of calls him out. He's like, she says, if you want to know about Jane, like you should just call her yourself. You tell him, sister. So Lizzie really loves her time at Pemberley, um, has amazing offices, you know, pretty good company. But it's cut short when she gets a phone call from Charlotte about Lydia. We find out that Wickham is actually selling a sex tape online of him and Lydia. He recorded it with her permission, but she did not know that he had posted it online until Lizzie told her and that he was trying to make money off of it. Like, honestly, the next few episodes are just heartbreaking to watch. Yeah. As Lydia breaks down and we watch the family deal with this trauma. Eventually, though, the video is mysteriously taken down, taken down, and it seems like the trouble has passed. But Lydia is forever changed. She's just a different person. Um, we don't really get to see her on camera too much more after this. Um, but you can tell that she's like, I don't know, she's just been broken down by it. A little bit later, Bing shows up at the Bennett household and wants to make things work with Jane. Um, he brings a present and wants to see her. And it's a little bit of a rocky start at first, but she agrees to a fresh start with him as friends. However, when Jane gets offered a job in NYC, Bing asks to come with her. And he admits that he left medical school. He realizes it's just like not what he was passionate about. He wants to help people. And when he thinks about what he truly loves, Jane is one of the things that comes to mind. So sweet. Um, And while Jane is initially hesitant, she does let him come with her as long as they have some boundaries in New York. So that's really like the happy ending that we see for Jane and Bingley is that they are living in the same city and they are trying to make their relationship work. And that Jane finally has a good and well-paying job. Thank God. (laughs) Lydia makes her reappearance on the vlog when she tells Lizzie that Darcy is the one who bought the company and took down the video of her before it was posted. This kind of makes Lizzie think about what her relationship with Darcy is like and why would he do something like that and not tell her about it. So she decides to reach out to him and gives him a call, but he doesn't answer and he never calls her back. Thinking about Bing and Jane and how happy they are and then thinking about what Darcy has done, like Lizzie's like kind of upset. Like you can tell she likes to hide it, but she's upset. Um, And she's cheered up a little bit with a visit from Charlotte and she starts to be more honest about her feelings. And then this has got to be like one of the best moments in the whole thing. (laughs) But there's a knock at the door and Charlotte and Lizzie think that it's their Chinese food and it's actually Darcy. Um, he shows up classic. Gosh, so good. He shows up at the house and after like uh, just a lot of awkward moments and (laughs) confusion, Lizzie just kisses Darcy. So sweet. Very sweet kisses. Um, they talk about all the confusion they'd shared and they admit their feelings for one another. After experiencing the very first week of their relationship, Darcy announces that it has been the best week of his life. (laughs) (laughs) So sweet. Um, He starts to talk about the future, and he actually offers Lizzie a job at Pemberley Digital. 
But Lizzie announced that she's going to start her own company, and she thinks the very best place to do it would be in San Francisco with Darcy by her side. How convenient. (laughs) The last episode is really emotional as Lizzie has decided to end the vlog. Her and Charlotte say goodbye to the video blog. They say goodbye to the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. And everyone begins a new chapter. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, with that amazing summary in mind, let's go ahead and talk about some of our leading guys and gals, shall we? So Lizzie Bennett, as we have discussed before, is played by the illustrious Ashley Clements. What did you guys think of her portrayal of Lizzie in this second half of the series? What did you think of her character arcs some uh highlight moments for her what did y'all think I think that she did a really great job um you know same opinion as last time uh I think she handled the little well not little the big problem with Lydia when she realizes like oh (laughs) um maybe should not have done that or there could have been a better way to do that. Um, I think she really shows that Lizzie is mature and like she, you know, thinks about her actions and realizes the consequences of that. Um, there's, you know, a pretty dark period for the Bennetts in this second half. Where, it's devastating. Honestly. Yeah. It, where the girls really have to band together to get through things. And I think that she and um she and Jane both really you know they're the head women basically of all the sisters in the book and in this and they really take Lydia and try and care for her yeah Lizzie kind of like what you're saying she she really finally starts to come to term terms with her emotions and she starts Mm -hmm. to like display them in ways we've never seen before which I really love but it that's hard as an actress and Ashley did a really good job of conveying all of those emotions and making them believable and it's one thing when you have you know a 10 minute scene to express all these things but there's such a great array of complex emotions shown in these like four to six minute videos yeah um it's got to be broken up in pieces because that's just how it is. And she Mm. gets there and shows it every single time. And yeah, the video blogs, like the whole thing is a little bit hokey at points, but I think overall it's really believable and it could just be, you know, a real person's life that I'm watching all of this happen in. And I think that Ashley did just such a great job of playing Lizzie and It's so fun in those first 50 episodes to get to know her character, but I think her skill as an actress really comes out in the second half. Um, And also just the writers and creators skill and, and how they developed her character and they showed that growth. Um, They did such a good job. And then the the last thing I want to say about Lizzie is in the book, and this is something we talked about in the very first episode, but in the book, I really appreciated this time when I was rereading it, seeing how, Lizzie changes Mm -hmm. and how we see like actively see her mind changing about the situations about Mm -hmm. Darcy and all of that and we lose that in a lot of adaptations especially the like classic you know period two-hour movies 
And here we get to see that like played out so beautifully. So that is just one of the best things about the series to me. Yeah, I really agree with you, Beth. I feel like a lot of the work that they put in at the beginning really pays off in the second half because we really do see that Lizzie has some very real flaws, not enough to make us, you know, like super dislike her, but we're aware that she's human and has some issues. And there's like such a big payoff here because we see her progression like slowly but surely for me um one of the ways is like slowly the way that she begins to treat collins a little bit more respectfully um i feel like restraint is one of the keys here um you can tell when she is working to kind of like hold back some of the like biting remarks she would normally say and then even in in, in terms of the script, like restraint of what she allows herself to post now. Because once we get to the point where we have Darcy's letter, it takes Lizzie a really long time to reveal even like the slightest hint of a detail about what's in the letter because she feels like it's not hers to share. And I feel like that's just totally different from the Lizzie that we see at the beginning who is posting videos of Bing where he doesn't know he's being filmed. So we see a lot of change via the script and then also with Ashley Clements. I will say, I feel like there are some moments that I when Lizzie's being like maybe more serious or trying to show that she's more upset where I'm not a hundred percent sure that I totally believe it. Um, But in terms of this being like a web series, I feel like there's so many more moments where I really do believe her. And like we've talked about, I just love the way that she's able to portray this character arc so well. And honestly, her chemistry with, almost all of the actors that she works with in terms of like sister bonds and friend bonds, romantic bonds. I feel like she has great chemistry with everyone. I also love the friend bond with Charlotte that she has too. Like they work really well together and I think it's very sweet to watch. So as we've discussed, we have now seen the elusive Mr. Darcy or Darcy. So Let's talk about him, shall we? He is portrayed by Daniel Vincent Gord. What did you guys think of this William Darcy? (laughs) Uh, I think he did great. Not only does he, you know, I think fit the bill for, you know, aristocratic in the 21st century, but he takes a lot of Darcy's Darcyisms. Mm. Um, and plays them really believably. Like, I can totally see and understand that Darcy, you know, once he gets to know you and understands the situation a little bit more, he's more willing to open up. Like, we can physically watch that happen on screen with Lizzie. Mm. Um, I think he does a great job in that character work as well, between characters um you really see him not fall in love with lizzie but like you realize in like the little details that he does that he really does like her um i think he handles that awkwardness like those darcyisms like i was talking about before he handles those very well um where some can go a little too far in one direction or the other i think he balances the that line pretty well mm-hmm. Besides the fact that, yeah, he's very attractive. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very attractive. 
Um, I also think, yeah, I think he handles the Darcyisms well. One way is that we see him kind of being like stiff and uncomfortable on camera. Yeah. Whereas like most of the other characters that we're interacting with, especially the Bennett family, are so casual in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Casual, comfortable. Um, so seeing his stiffness and his un- uncomfortability like helps us to understand his character better. Um, but we also get to see like some kind of fun moments with him um, where he like participates in costume theater. And I think we can kind of see why Elizabeth likes him. We like She likes him for those fun moments, but they're also like intellectually very equal and mm. she sees how much he cares for the people around him, like his friends. He cares for Gigi, his sister. Um, I really like that. And I thought the actors did a really good job. And part of the reason we get those mannerisms is because of the actor's portrayal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really loved his portrayal too. I felt like he was like believably awkward. Um, I feel like that's one of the big things that we learn from Fitz prior to seeing him on camera. The way that he kind of explains away some of what uh, Elizabeth perceived as, you know, pride um, was more of just like, he's kind of awkward. And we definitely see that when he comes on screen. But as Beth said, he definitely like, you can tell like loosens up. Um, And I think it's just really cute. uh, His chemistry with Lizzie as well. They're really adorable together. Um, I also just really love, and this is more about the script, but from the very beginning, pretty much Charlotte and Jane try to hint to Lizzie that Darcy really likes her and she never believes it. So I love that we get to see them kind of in on it because I feel like that's so realistic that your friends and sister would notice that kind of thing. So I really loved that addition in the script. Um, The one small issue I took with Darcy had absolutely nothing to do with him. I did not love the makeup that he had on. I felt like you could tell he had on like blush and foundation and eye makeup. Um, And it was supposed to be, you know, like natural for filming. Not that he's like a guy that wears makeup or something like that. And I, I just felt like it was a little unfortunate, um, So now that we've discussed Mr. Darcy, let's move on to everyone's favorite sister, the sweet flower, Jane Bennett, who is played by Laura Spencer. How did you guys feel about Laura Spencer's portrayal of Jane, the changes they made, um, and then her character arc in the second half of the series? So we didn't get to see as much of Jane in this like second half as we did in the first half, but, um, what we did see was very powerful, um, kind of like I mentioned earlier, they give Jane a lot more agency in all of the movies that we've watched for the most part. Like when Bingley comes back, Jane is just like so eagerly awaiting him, accepts his proposal right away, like doesn't require any sort of explanation for what's happened. Um, which, you know, I always used to like accept at face value. And I know like at the time that was probably more common. But one thing that I love about this is that when Bing comes back and he, you know, wants to be back together with Jane, she doesn't just like immediately accept him or throw herself at him. Mm -hmm. She wants to take it slow. She recognizes that she has grown and changed as a person because of this experience and that they may not be compatible anymore. But she's still honest with herself about her feelings that she does really still care for him. Um, There's a scene that I really like where she's talking about Lizzie, talking with Lizzie about what ifs and how now she doesn't have to ask what if anymore. 
And I feel like that gives us such a good insight into Jane's character. And also it's really relatable. Like as a, as a person who's like been through heartbreak, one of the things you think about is like, well, what if this was different? What would it be like if I saw them again, you know, Mm. X, Y, and Z. And so I liked that insight into Jane's mind. Um, But really my favorite thing about her is that when she does find out she gets the job, she doesn't like hesitate and say, maybe I should stay for Bing. And when he comes back, he doesn't ask her to stay for him. Mm-hmm. He asks if he can come with her. And at first she says no. She says that it's not a good idea. Um, but when she thinks about it and thinks about what she really wants, she does give him like permission to come. But she wants them to like kind of live separately like have their own places she wants him to be going there for him and not for her Mm. alone and I just really respect that about the choice that they made for Jane giving her that agency to say no to him Mm. and set up to set up boundaries to um, put herself and like her career first Um, I really liked that about the series and I thought that the actress did a really good job of just totally embodying Jane I think she's one of the most believable characters that we see on screen. Like everything just feels so real and genuine about her actions. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I feel like her portrayal of Jane is like, honestly, one of my favorite Janes, like bar none. Um, Just because her sweetness is really so believable. And again, we have a great character arc with her that we don't always have with Jane, where like Beth was talking about, she has that agency with Bingley, but then in like other relationships too. Um, I also really love about Jane that while she's in LA, um, when we aren't seeing her on screen, we still get that presence where she's sending care packages and letters to Lizzie. Um, And I... I really appreciate seeing kind of like the heartbreak that she goes through, even though we don't get to see her in person. And then the next time we see her on screen, she gets to have a good discussion with Lizzie to kind of talk about it. Um, But I also really love that they did that and gave her, as Beth was talking about, the agency to say no. Because as someone who's watched a lot of web series adaptations, that's something that a lot of people have kind of taken and run with. Where women in classical literature who wind up with these like... And I wouldn't say that Bingley's like toxic and abusive. He just like made some mistakes. But there definitely are women in classical literature who wind up staying with men who treat them very, very poorly. And in a lot of web series adaptations, women are given the agency to say no. And I can't help but think that that is inspired by this choice made by the Lizzie Bennet Diaries as well. I second everything. Um... I think that she did phenomenal. Um, I love, like both of y'all, the fact that they gave Jane kind of a more stronger-footed plot line to kind of like turn her into a 21st century uh, woman because mm-hmm. of like it's believable and you can see where this could like her personality change could happen in the book we just might not see it like yes she still said yes to Bing Lee but she's probably you know like maybe a bit more guarded and wiser to the world and Mm -hmm. like not taking things at face value um which we do see a little bit of in the book but here in the adaptation it's like much more prominent yeah so let's talk about that Bing Lee, our favorite med school dropout (laughs) who is portrayed by Christopher Shine um 
kind of similar to Jane. Uh, there is, well, I was going to say there's not as much of Bing, but we still get some, we still get quite a bit of Bing. So how did you all feel about Bingley and his transformation? I know we've already kind of hinted at this with our discussion of Jane, but are there any highlights of Bing? I don't have a ton more to say than what we've like already said on this episode and the episode before. I mean, he stays like with that golden retriever puppy energy <laughs> kind of vibe. Um, but one thing I did like is that there is more of a separation um, between him and Caroline. And he has mm. like more of a recognition of the role that he played in things mm. and of like the pressure from his family. And I kind of feel like he had more agency too. Like, yeah. He had the agency to to leave med school and to realize like what he really wanted to do was spend mm-hmm. time helping people. So I did like that change that they made. Um, and I, yeah, I think it says a lot about his character that he did not ask Jane to stay, that he asked if mm-hmm. he could go with her. Um, I think that that is where we really see his pursuit of her come through um, and his recognition that he made a mistake and that he shouldn't have been so affected by other people's opinions and actions and I think that we get that in the period pieces like in the book too by his like his desire and his like ultimately going through with proposing to her because that's a really big deal but that wouldn't make sense in this context and so I like that they made that change I think it it makes sense and is consistent with that's his way of pursuing her in this version is asking to come with her to New York. Mm -hmm. I also feel like something that we've talked about on this podcast a lot is with book purists, often you want to have all of the events of the book play out exactly as they are on screen. But sometimes even when that happens, movies still lose the spirit of the book. And one thing that I've noticed about myself is as much as I love seeing all of the actions play out on screen, it's more important to me that the spirit of the book is captured. And so obviously with this adaptation, there are so many changes that need to be made to change it into a modern adaptation. And I feel like they all even though it's modern, continue to capture the spirit of the book so well. And I feel like that's um, still so true in the Bingley and Jane dynamic. And one thing that I feel like makes a lot of sense, as Beth was just talking about, is him dropping out for med school. Because this idea that Mm -hmm. Bingley wants to help people isn't just like something that they pulled out of their brains. It's clear in the book, even Mr. Bennett references it, that Jane and Bingley are going to be much too generous. And it's mentioned in the book that they let Lydia and Wickham like stay with them and take their money and like all of these things. Like they're clearly very passionate about helping people. And so I feel like this is something that makes um, like so much sense that, you know, he wants, he's given the opportunity to like state that he does want to continue helping people but he does want it to be kind of on his own terms and I think that where we see that in the book is that choosing to marry Jane despite maybe what other people might think about her family um, at that time period with her maybe their slight differences in class or status um, I feel like that's where we see that play out in the book but I really do love this Bingley and Um, As we've talked about the changes they give him, I think he and Jane are really, really sweet together and very believable. And I just love that they get 
a, a good storyline that's so often missing. And as we talked about before, I just want to say it again. I love that our kind people aren't stupid in this adaptation because <laughs> kind people can be smart. And so I really love that these two kind souls are still smart. Again, ditto everything. Um <laughs> Bing Lee and the path that he takes in this adaptation is just great in my eyes. Um, like Julia said, you know, we can see how the marrying somebody below your class or marrying somebody that might not be completely socially accepted as your, you know, future spouse translated to the 21st century can be, you know, turning your back on what your parents decide they want you to do and doing something that you want to do. Um, you know, we don't really have arranged marriages that much anymore in America. Um, or our families don't pick out our spouses as much as they did back then. So this change really, you know, highlights that book aspect and you really get the spirit of what would have been, you know, a period piece adaptations take on it. Um, the actor I thought did fantastic. You know, we really get the sweet boy vibes. Um, you can really see how he expresses not only Bing's love for Jane, but of his respect for her too. And I think, um, sometimes in certain adaptations, you can lose that second bit. Um, but I think him offering, you know, to move with her isn't just him being like I love you I will follow you to the ends of the earth it's him respecting her wishes and being like yes I love you can I go with you I want to be with you and if that means not everything being the way that I want it to then yes and you know yeah absolutely so let's talk about our final sister who is just quite a problem child (laughs) quite a character (laughs) the one and only Lydia Bennett played by Mary Kate Wiles and as we talked about her character really goes through a lot so what did you guys think of how they uh, made those changes in Mary Kate's portrayal of Lydia through all of that I mean they really threw her through the ringer first off I think the way that they put her plot line into the 21st century was fantastic in how the societal like downlook would be mm-hmm. you know like when we think of people running off and eloping today that's something couples do because they don't want to pay for a wedding or you know like oh we want to go and get married in bali but we're just gonna elope and see y'all in two weeks you know it's not that big of a societal deal nowadays um to run away and elope it's not going to ruin your family's you know Mm -hmm. social status forever however if as we've seen in you know society in the past even you know 20 years with the brand new pam and tom show on hulu something like a leaked sex tape can really destroy you um not only, you know, the people in it emotionally, but also societally, you know, like there's forever going to be that stigma because the internet lives forever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that 
it was brilliant as much as, you know, like we physically can understand the hurt that this will do. It was a brilliant way to bring it into the 21st century. And I think Mary Kate did a great job at portraying how Lydia would have reacted to this damage because, you know, we are getting a bit of a deviation from the book here. Um, Lydia's character, you know, recognizes that, like, yes, she chose to make that sex tape, but she didn't choose to put it on the internet. You know, like, there's a huge, huge difference there from the book where, like, she might not know Wickham's true intentions, but, you know, like, she wanted to go and run off and marry him and let that be known, you know, eventually. But here, like, we get a distinct change. And I think Mary-Kate did a great job of, you know, showing how shocked and hurt that Lydia would have been mm-hmm. and, and that eventual how, change. And how much that can affect a person, you know? I really love Lydia in this adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a character in a story that is near and dear to my heart. And I think I mentioned in the last um, episode that I have written like several papers on Lydia and her role in Lizzie Bennet Diaries. I think that they just made such incredible choices with her character. I loved seeing her. I mean, it was heartbreaking, but loved seeing her like so raw and emotional and, and broken over this thing. And I think that like the word slut and the word whore and and some of the things that they kind of refer to Lydia as, or like almost set up um, Lydia to be like, I think, you know, those are really hard things. And as much as I don't like that they were said on the show, I think that they were said for a reason and that it, it really talked a lot and spoke a lot about slut shaming and like the effects that that can have on someone and Mm -hmm. the role of like being a sister and being a friend and, and what that means and loving someone no matter the circumstances, no matter their actions. And yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't a real, it's a really incredible story and like an incredible show. And I get emotional thinking about it and talking about it. Um, but I really applaud them for being so bold and choosing to go with such a hard storyline that is not mm-hmm. something that most people would choose to like to choose to try because it's hard and it, it wasn't necessarily the most straightforward way mm-hmm. of adapting the situation with Lydia and Wickham. And it really took the show to like a very different point. Like it made it so much more serious and real for the audience and for the characters um, because it is something really scary. And that's something that happens like in real life, like what what Lori was saying, they can like totally, you know, quote unquote, like ruin someone's life. So um, I love her. I think that Mary Kate Wiles is an incredible actress and she did such a good job of showing like the rawness of those emotions. Yeah, just as you guys have said, I feel like the choice to do this, if they hadn't had some powerhouse actors there, it could have not turned out very well. It was kind of a shocking choice, but I feel like this is one of the first modern adaptations where the kind of like trauma of what Lydia and her family are going through really comes across really well you know like I feel like this change um, really helps you understand and sympathize with 
the with Lydia and the Bennett family. Um, I also like you were talking about Beth. It's such a hard moment, but I also really appreciate the way that they portray the sisters and especially Lizzie coming to terms with the way that they've treated their sister and they are able to like see and acknowledge the ways that they have like judged her and they're the sisters are able to come together in a really really beautiful um way in this really difficult time and so I really um loved being able to see that so I also just like shout out to Mary Kate she just is so incredible and I think it's really easily because her character is so silly at the beginning to be like, ah, you know, it's easy to be silly like that. But what she does in these moments is just, it's so good and it's so real and you can really, you really believe her. And so I just, I think she's just such a powerhouse. Yeah. One of the things I talked about, this is the last thing I'll say, but one of the things I talked about in my paper was that through Pride and Prejudice, the novel, Lydia is just a comedic character for the most part. Even when she runs away with Wickham, it like freaks everybody else out, but it's still kind of like she's still happy about it. And like, you Mm -hmm. know that it's going to be miserable for her in the future, probably, but it's just kind of comedic. And so they changed Lydia from someone to laugh at to someone to learn from. And they made her story so much more powerful because of that choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, with these changes and, you know, putting it in the 21st century and making it this stark you really see you know from the beginning with silly Lydia um to the end you really see that she was taken advantage of and that's what happens in the book I mean Wickham's taking advantage of her to to make money but I think we really see that like you're presented with a very stark reality of how that could happen in the 21st century in um, in Lydia's character. We mentioned this in the last episode, but there are a lot of supplemental materials for this web series. Um, Lydia has her own vlog, and we see a lot of her relationship with Wickham play out there. Um, there's also additional videos that have Charlotte and her sister in them, as well as videos that Gigi has done that have Darcy in them. So if you're like oh, this is, you know, so good and I want more. Um, That's kind of a fun, a fun, like, additional thing. And so the series is, like, true to the book in that it pretty much all happens from Lizzie's perspective. And you don't really see, like, scenes or moments that she's not a part of. Um, It's like in the book, you never really get to see Lydia and Wickham interacting all that much together. Um, But you do in the series if you watch Lydia's videos. There's also two bonus episodes that we didn't talk about. Um, that are part of like the Lizzie Bennett Diaries five year celebration. And so they're like called Dr. Garner's Seminar episodes one and two. If you want to watch those, they're on Lizzie Bennett Diaries main channel. And you can watch those for like a fun check in to see where Lizzie and Darcy are now and what's going on in their relationship. So I just wanted to plug those really quick before we finished up. Ladies, what were your make it or break it's? from the second half of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries. I think my break it is Caroline. I just really don't like her. <laughs> it's not like anything was really wrong. I just really don't like Caroline. And I don't like, I don't know that I really loved like how meddlesome she was in this version, like that she actually set up something yeah. to go wrong mm-hmm. between Bing and Jane. Um, 
yeah, I just really can't stand her character. Like every time she's on screen and the fact that she like comes back and Emma approved is so annoying to me. Um, and then I think my make it is the, the Lydia storyline, like the changes that they made and, and the like brave choices that they made. I really like those. Um, and then of course the chemistry between Lizzie and Darcy is pretty awesome. Like the, when they finally like kiss and get together, it's so satisfying. Oh, so good. So I have a couple of make its. First of all, I really love the changes to Jane's character and kind of like the way that sparked the opportunity to give some of our favorite female heroines the chance to, you know, claim their own futures in a way. Um, I also, again, just love, love, love that our favorite sweetie pies are also smart, motivated people. <laughs> Um, they get what they deserve, and I love that they have are like such a, a pivotal part of this storyline as well. And again, I just love how we get to so clearly see Lizzie's character arc through this and her growth. Um, in her, she has her fight with Charlotte, which Charlotte takes that new job, and like the the fight and the resolution of all of that is done like so well and we see a lot of growth there we see so much growth with her and Mr. Collins we even see growth within Mr. Collins character as well but i just like i love i loved that i think those were kind of my make its um it's hard for me to pick a break it because there truly are not many um i guess if i have to choose one i'll just choose wickham because he's valid annoying he's trash also trash human. earlier when i mentioned the makeup thing it's not all the time but the very first episode that darcy's in i just wanted you guys to see Ooh, yeah there's just like a lot of stuff going on mm. on his face yeah i see that that distracted me what about you Lori? just unfortunate um well i think my make it is definitely how they gave all of the women way more agency in this and kind of rounded out some character arcs and plot lines that, don't get me wrong, the book is perfect, but you know, like, in the 21st century might not make a whole lot of sense. It kind of made them made sense, which mm. you always want your adaptations to make sense. Uh, my break it would also have to be both Caroline and Wickham. I always hate Wickham. Um, <laughs> that's just, you know, he's trash. I hate him. Uh, fine, he's a good plot character, but I still don't like him. And Caroline also in this, like, I'm happy we get her for the sense of plot and that it's accurate to the book. But she also is trash. Um and we get a whole lot more of her manipulation, which makes me not like her even more. Well, Lori, who would you date from this adaptation? Ooh. Well, let's see. Um, despite how much I love Fitz oh, in this adaptation, amazing. because he's so funny, uh, I'm going to go with Darcy mm -hmm. because Classic. he's my ride or die. Sweet. I love him so much. And they do, like, he's such a believable 21st century guy that you can, like, really see yourself with him. And oh, he's just so sweet. He's such a sweet guy. Um, Lori, I'm so curious. How is your uh, Mountain Dew and wine combo? <laughs> um. Well, I would agree. I probably would not do this again. Um, 
not do this again in drinking Diet Mountain Dew and wine at the same time. It's a, it's a little weird. Um, I definitely finished one drink and then started drinking the other after I kind of interchanged my sips because that was not a good flavor in my mouth. Um, the Mountain Dew, the Diet Mountain Dew specifically, uh, is great. I love it. It's my go-to soda. Um, I don't love dark colas, so that kind of limits me. Not a Coca-Cola gal or a Pepsi gal, but Diet Mountain Dew has my heart forever, and I love it so much. Uh, and the wine, I'm a little confused on. I think I like it. Um, I personally, so when I picked it out, the label just has that it's a Pinot. It doesn't say what like any of the flavors are. So I was just kind of hoping for the best. I was like, it's a label. It's on sale. Here we go. Uh, and so when I tasted it, I was like, oh, okay, this is very tart. Um, I was like, maybe there's like green apple or something in this. So I looked it up. No, uh, the flavor notes are pear, melon, and baking spice. Interesting. So I am very confused. Um, I might have to update later. I mean, it's good. I'm just confused. <laughs> Julia, how was your tea? It was good. I have not had uh, rooibos tea very often. Um, so I don't have a lot to compare it to. It has a really strong scent and I wasn't totally sure how I felt about the scent but the taste is slightly more mild in my opinion um and I felt like it was pretty good it's a little bit earthy a uh, little like earthy kind of almost berry-ish if that makes sense um and I so I might like it maybe 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 <laughs> um but I, I felt like it was good. Nothing super special. Um, but if you're interested in trying one, it's, uh, I'm sure, probably pretty read readily available since it's Twinings. And I feel like knowing that it has like pretty good health benefits is you know, makes it worth it. I really like rooibos tea. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> but it is definitely not for everyone. It is very, yeah. very different. You'll have to hit me up with some recommendations of good rooibos yeah. Teas to try. This is going to make me sound so ridiculous, but all of my rooibos tea is from like specialty tea shops. Oh my gosh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'll have to make you some, uh, some loose leaf rooibos one of these days. Um, My latte was very good. I, I don't know what it is, but like something about a latte that has espresso in it can make me feel like kind of weird and off. Mm. So this is like this... This latte, it's, you know, espresso, oat milk, lavender, and vanilla. Those are, like, my favorite things, but I like it as a London fog where it's, like, tea, oat milk, lavender, and vanilla. And this was really good, and Ben did an excellent job of making it. But for some reason, it just, like, makes me feel weird. I guess espresso just has a very strong effect on me. Yeah, it mm. might be too caf too much caffeine for you. Yeah, I'm not a big caffeine guy. very caffeine-sensitive. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, now is normally the exciting time where I reveal what we're going to be watching next. But unfortunately, we just watched our last adaptation of the season, which means our Pride and Prejudice season is coming to a close to everyone's regret and sadness, because I would love the season to go on forever. 
But that also means next time we are going to have our season finale and our ultimate cast picks. So we will go over the rules again before our episode begins next time. Uh, So you have some exciting cast reveals to look forward to. Until then, just keep sipping, y'all.